Today with Catherine Ruinala. I've been saying for a while that I sense such a move of the Holy Spirit cresting like a wave. For years, I've had dreams about waves that the Lord, a wave that God was going to bring. I mean, God has spoken to me in such specific ways for over 20 years about a wave of His Spirit, a move of His Holy Ghost that I believe is the promised wave uh, that was prophesied about the move of the Holy Spirit, uh, a healing revival that would hit Australia, New Zealand and the islands of the South Pacific and go to all the nations of the earth. And I, I, I feel that we are right at that moment where the wave is just beginning to crest. And what we do when we sense a wave coming, if you've ever caught a wave in the surf, anyone ever caught a wave in the surf? You know you just don't stand around paying no attention. If it's a strong surf, if you don't, if you don't pay attention, if you don't focus, then that wave hits you in the back of the head and you can end up thrown around, tossed around like you're in a washing machine and end up dumped by a wave that can actually get, cause damage. But I believe there's a move of the Spirit upon us, that the Holy Spirit's about to do something glorious. And when we recognize that, when we know that the wave's coming, what do you do when you're surfing? You start to swim. You start to swim, not toward the wave, you start swimming toward where you want to go. You start focusing on where you want to go. You're aware of what's about to come. And as, that, as you start swimming, the wave then comes, picks you up and accelerates you toward what you're focused on, uh, toward what you are already pointing toward, what you're already moving toward. And I believe in faith, the Holy Spirit is encouraging us urging us to recognize the hour that we're living in, that God has called us to fix our eyes on the prize, to intentionally focus on what He is saying, on what He is doing, to intentionally believe for the things that we've asked for. Many people think, well, I'd love to see this or I'd love to see that, but haven't actually taken the time to ask and so we've got to ask. We've got to ask in faith. This is what I'm asking for in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I'm going to believe what you've asked me, what, what I'm asking for. I'm going to begin to imagine it. I'm going to begin to declare it. I'm going to begin to speak what you've said. I'm going to call those things that be not as though they are. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to dream about it. I'm going to focus on it. When the Lord first started calling me into a healing ministry, I, I was just 23 and, but I tell you, I, I got so hungry. I got so desperate. I would read everything I could read about healing. I would read John G. Lake and Smith Wigglesworth and Catherine Coleman and Amy Semple McPherson. I read um, Diary of Signs and Wonders by Maria Woodworth Edda. It just wrecked me. Uh, if you haven't read that, I do encourage you. It's an amazing, amazing um, testimonies of what the Holy Spirit can do with it, somebody who just yields themselves. And I would go and I'd go to this little video bus that they'd have, would park up at the shopping centre, up at Garden City. He'd park there once a week and he'd have videos. It's in the olden days, guys. It, videos, VHS videos of 
ministries, different ministries, and I would get everything I could on Catherine Coleman or anybody who was moving in miracles, Oh Roberts, anyone I could find. And I would watch these things and I'd cry as I'd hear the testimonies and I'd pray, I'd be provoked to say, God, I want to see it. God, I want to see it. And the Holy Spirit came and I began to cry out for a baptism of fire because I saw all these people were asking, had asked for a baptism of fire. So I thought, well, I want that. So I began to press and I want that God. And he did. And he continues to do it. But you see, I, I believe it wasn't a random thing that God just came and dropped on me. It was an invitation that he invited me to pursue. And as I did, he came with his power. And I, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to recognize the importance of focus in this season as we look and we intentionally look at what God is wanting us to do. But today, even as I was preparing, I, I feel the Spirit of God wanting to encourage us that we need to be very intentional in this season, not to live a life that's distracted. I've been looking through the book of Revelation recently. In fact, could you pass my Bible up to me? Thank you. So I've been reading it. I've been, I read many, many different translations. I, I normally use the New King James, hallelujah, or the NASB. Yeah, Carsten agrees with that. But whatever version you're reading, it's actually an English version of another translation. So don't get too precious and say, this one's of the Lord and this one's not. I mean, it's, it's good, I think, to um, explore it all and, and look into the, the Greek. You can download a little Strong's app on your phone. You can check it out for yourself. Read it in lots of different translations. Let it impact your heart. Let it, let it not become so familiar that you just read it without letting it touch you and impact you. And um, as I've been reading, you know, many people get nervous about the book of Revelation because they, they think it's all going to be doom and gloom. And, uh, you know, I believe we have to be careful when it comes to reading the Word of God that we may, remain childlike and we don't lose focus on the fact that the Revela book of Revelation is the testimony of Jesus it's, it's, and those who read it are blessed, praise the Lord. And it ends really, really well, praise the Lord. God is for us. I know that Christ died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Hallelujah. And knowing this is the only lens that I really try to approach the book of Revelation with, that I know who you are, and God, I want to know you more. So reveal yourself more to me. So I've been reading through... Um, and paying particular attention to the letters to the churches, which I think are so relevant to us. It's letters to us as the body of Christ and can be so deeply impacting. But as I go through, you can see Jesus speaking. You find out more about how he thinks, how he feels, what he, it's just beautiful as you look to read to know him. And I read, and I read these letters to the churches, and I read about the things that he's really pleased with, that he's encouraging them to do more of. I see, too, course corrections, where he, he says, you're drifting off here, and you need to course correct, otherwise you're going to end up where, you, where you're not meant to be. 
And he course corrects. He, the word he uses is repent, which in the Greek is metanoia, which means to not just change your thinking, but to, to take another mind, to actually basically change your track, to go, oh God, that was wrong. So I'm so sorry. Thank you for mercy and forgiveness. I changed another track. I moved to another way of thinking about that. I thank you, Lord, that I, I'm stepping away from that. That is no longer the path I'm on. Hallelujah. But when we've done that, we've also got to be the just who live by faith. We've got to have faith in the fact that having repented, we no longer have to put up with the enemy throwing the sin back in our face. If the Lord has forgiven you and he has forgiven you the moment you have put your faith in his mercy, which is better than you feel like you deserve, the moment you believe that the Lord Jesus Christ has taken away your sin and thrown it into the sea of forgetfulness and received by faith the righteousness of Christ, you are bold to be able to come before his throne to ask, to receive. And, but I see, uh, as I read through these letters to the churches, that uh, he, he'll tell us the things that he's, he's wanting to encourage us in and then telling us, hey, you need to course correct here. It's a bit like if you were in a boat and you were heading north and you just deviate just a tiny bit, one degree. If you don't course correct, after a little while, you're going to be so far off course, even though it wasn't a major thing. And the Holy Spirit loves us too much to leave us drifting off uh, into um, things that are going to cause death and things that are going to cause harm. Hallelujah. And then he gives these magnificent promises at the end of every exhortation to every church. He gives these promises to the one who overcomes. I will give access to eat, to feast on the fruit of the tree of life. He, he goes on, he says, to the one who conquers, you'll not be harmed by the second death. To the one who overcomes, to him who's victorious, I will let him feast on the hidden manna and give him a shining white stone. And written upon the white stone is inscribed his new name, known only to the one who receives it. And it, it goes on and on and on. Every time though, um, he, he tells us, he gives us a promise to the one who overcomes. Uh, you will, I, as I also received authority from the presence of my father, I will give the morning star to the one who experiences victory. He goes on and, and says, um, so for the one who overcomes, you will be dressed in white robes and I will never, no, never erase your name from the book of life. I'll acknowledge your name before the father and his angels. Um, you can keep reading and you'll see all, this, all of these promises that are so precious. He says, I will write on you the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, descending from my God out of heaven. And I'll write my own name on you. And these are the promises. Who are these promises for? They're the promises for those who don't give up, who don't quit. They're the promises for those who overcome. You see, it's not, it's not the promises for those who've just said a prayer. It's the promises for those who have continued to walk 
by faith in the victory that God has for us. Hallelujah. And, and God wants us to be looking with hope to the future. Look what you're going to do. Thank you, Father. And he comes to strengthen us and to encourage us. Hallelujah. And he wants us to keep our eyes on the prize, to have a heavenly mindset that is looking and thinking, yes, God, we're living for eternity. He wants us to fall in love with him afresh every day. He wants us to remember the first love and to live in a place where you are my everything, God. He wants us to live in a place of childlike, glorious hope, a childlike love. And he wants us to live our lives daily aware of him. I mean, he speaks to one of the churches here and he says, you've got a reputation of being alive and awake, but actually you're dead. I mean, it's, it's pretty serious, some of the language here. And I believe the Lord wants us not to, not to live in an idea that Jesus fits into, you know, a, some sort of Santa Claus model. He is God, the glorious one who loves you more fiercely and more gloriously than anyone's ever loved you. He's the one that looks at you and loves you. He's the one who never gives up on you. But he is also the God of all glory. And he doesn't want you to deviate from the path because he is the way. That's why it's the revelation of Jesus and Jesus comes as the plumb line to remind us of the way so that we might metanoia, we might change our thinking, we might take a new mind and, and be oh, brought back into the, the remembrance of, yes, this is who I am, this is what I'm called to do. That's why reading the Word of God is so important. That's why the, the fellowship of the believers is so important. We've got to be able to speak the truth in love to each other, to stay on course. Hallelujah. But he also wants us to be, be those that will overcome, that will persevere. I was thinking um, the other day as I was in Newcastle last weekend and a couple of weeks earlier, I'd been in Wollongong, New South Wales, and we saw some wonderful things. People got saved, people got healed, people got delivered, people got baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was wonderful. But one of my friends um, who I, I see occasionally in meetings, he's a wonderful prophet, uh, he came to the meeting and he has quite severe Parkinson's disease to the point that he, he struggles even to um, stand up. And I just, oh, I want to see him healed. And I went after it. Oh, God. Oh, I just went after it in faith. I want to see him healed. And I didn't see the instant miracle that I was really wanting to see. And I went home that night discouraged and frustrated. I felt a holy frustration, not just a, oh, I'm giving up. I said, can't give up. God God put it in you. Where else are you going to go? But this, oh, holy frustration. And I had an appointment to speak with Tony Thompson from uh, Glory City, Atlanta. Because of the time zones, I have to take appointments at different times. So about 10.30 at night, he's up early and I'm up late, touching base about the churches. And I talked to him a little bit about this holy frustration. He's been ministering with Tom and I for 
17 years and we've seen such incredible miracles. So the stories of the miracles that I could tell you um, that we've seen together and that he's seen are astonishing. But he was saying the same thing, that he's feeling this stirring, this holy frustration that I don't want to just see a few miracles in the meetings. I want the day where they are all healed. Hallelujah. And we just stirred each other up. And Sunday night, um, they felt to have a regional meeting. And I said, right, well, we're going to have a, a healing and miracle night. And I said to the people, I want you to fast if you're asking for God for healing. I want you to fast and come to the meeting on Sunday night. I don't mind if you fast a meal or what it, what it is, but I'd like you to fast and come. And the reason I ask them to fast is not because you can fast and earn anything. Um, I, I used to have the mentality, if I fast, I'll get the anointing, but that's just not how it works. In fact, then when I started to have to preach every day, I'd have to figure out what days can I afford to be less anointed on if, if the rationale is that I'm fasting to get the anointing. Now, I can't fast every day. But fasting for me is not about skipping food. It's about actually getting very focused. And I tell you, when I'm fasting, I'm very focused because <laughs> I'm very aware that I'm not eating. And my fasts are nothing to boast of. I, you know, go miss two meals and I'm like, well, I'm very focused right now. <laughs> Any more than that, I start to get dizzy. But... Um, so I, I, I was like, I got serious. I'm fasting. And I asked them to fast. And we came to the meeting on the Sunday night. And I tell you, there was such an expectation in the room. We read a story about the woman with the issue of blood who came to Jesus. And she had determined in her heart what was going to happen when she came. She made a choice. She paid a price to actually come out in public and she pressed through the crowd saying to herself, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I'm going to be healed. She was so focused. She knew what she was coming for. She wasn't there going, oh, I'll come out and see what happens. If prayer is being offered, I'll see what happens. She didn't have that attitude. Or I hear people get healed. Maybe something good will happen for me. She had determined in her heart, I'm going to get healed. All I have to do is touch him and I know I'm going to be healed. And that was what I was asking the people to do. I wanted, you to, I wanted them to come with an attitude, I'm going to come and this is what's going to happen. I said, I don't mind if you eat breakfast and you just fast from 10 o'clock till 7 o'clock. But just get focused on what's going to happen when you come. Well, the, I was praying before the service and I, I asked the Holy Spirit, what would you like to do? And I saw people stand up um, as I gave a word of knowledge about MS and neurological disorders. And I saw them stand up and receive their healing, just standing in their seats, the glory of God touching them and them being healed. So I got to the meeting and I said, okay, I wanna pray for anybody who's got MS or neurological disorders. And the one who stood up, there were a couple of people who stood up for different things, but one man stood up and he had Parkinson's. And they just lifted their hands. I did what I'd seen in the vision beforehand. I prayed, released the anointing for healing. And within just a few minutes, he had grabbed his friend and he was down at the front 
to testify, to say, no, he didn't, he didn't have um, advanced Parkinson's like my friend had. Uh, his only really visible symptom was double vision. And he said, as I received, he said, I started to look around and I realized my vision's been completely restored. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I got so encouraged. And then someone with a completely deaf ear got their ear opened. Then another person with a completely deaf ear got their ear opened. Another man with a partially deaf ear got his ear opened. Another man at the back who had hearing aids in, who didn't even come for prayer, took his hearing aids out because it all got too loud suddenly. And he was able to hear normally. Hallelujah. And then the fire of God hit and people were delivered and baptized in the Holy Ghost. We had so many people get saved. It was, it was glorious. Praise the Lord. But I believe the Holy, it's a little taste of what the Holy Spirit wants to do when we start to determine in our hearts, I'm going to press through the crowd. The crowd can be the noise, the distractions, the discouragements, all the reasons why it shouldn't happen. But if we will determine in our hearts, no, this is what the Lord has said, this is what we're going to do. If you don't quit, you win. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting every one of us to begin to ask the question again, what burning thing has the Holy Spirit put in your heart? What do you burn for? What, what is on your heart? What is it that you want to see that God has put, a dream that God's put in your heart? I believe in this season, it's time to pick it up. We need to listen to the prophetic words that are being released. We need to recognize that pick up the dreams that God has put in our hearts and put them in front of us and say, God, you who have purposed it, you will also do it. Because the Lord wants to say to you, blessed are you who has believed for there will be a fulfillment of these things promised to you. What do you believe? What are you swimming toward? The Holy Spirit, he wants to help you. I believe the Holy Ghost is bringing people into a holy discomfort. And I invite it. I say, come Lord, disturb us. Disturb us in our comfortable space. You know, I've, I've been ministering now for 20 years, I suppose, full, you know, full time. And it's beautiful. It's so beautiful to see miracles. It's so beautiful to see people saved. It's so <laughs> I live to see God glorified. I love the sound of people speaking in tongues for the first time. I love to see the blind see and the deaf hear and the lame walk. And I've seen him do it all. But I tell you, I'm not satisfied. Because the Bible says the same works that he did and greater works would we do. And he healed everyone who came to him. He didn't heal everybody that was there. He didn't heal everybody at the pool of Bethesda. He didn't heal everybody everywhere he went, but he healed everyone who came to him. I believe that God, the Holy Spirit wants us to contend for a day where it is normal that there is no sick among them where it is normal that uh, all who come to him for healing are healed. That it's just as, just as easy as being saved by faith. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit wants that too. 
But it's, it's going to take a people who have determined in their hearts, I'm not going to settle for what I've become comfortable with. He's looking for us to live our lives, not perhaps as we have lived, but with the glory that He wants to release on it. He wants us by faith to start asking, Jesus, let my life look like yours. That when I wake up in the morning, I'm not going to expect just to have a good day, but that I would expect to walk and live like Him. What would it look like to wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Holy Spirit. I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord, that you've given me power to walk in the way, the truth and the life. Thank you, Lord, that you who are able to keep me from falling, you are my dependence. You are the one that I live for. You are the one who lives in me. It's no longer Catherine who lives, but Christ who lives in Catherine. Thank you for your spirit resting upon me, in me. Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you've laid up good works in advance for me to do. Then as you get up, you intentionally clothing yourself with compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, reminding yourself of the promises of God, asking in faith, believing, conceiving it, imagining it, speaking it out, getting excited, doing a happy dance about what you haven't yet seen come to pass, opening up the Word of God with an expectation. God Himself is going to reveal Himself to me. He's going to speak to me. He's going to course correct where I need Needed. He's going to help me. Today, my feet are on the glory road and He is with me. That as I go through my day and I turn my thoughts to Him, He's right there that I live. What does my life look like? Totally consumed by Him.